Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. Um, hey, we are in a series. What a great segue into a series about Brave, huh? Y'all think that? It's not even on the notes. Um, uh, we're in a series we've called Brave, and uh, we actually last week made it incredibly brave announcement. If you missed it, really want to encourage you to go back and listen. You can watch on our website. You can listen on podcasts uh, in many different venues. But we made an announcement that we are getting ready to launch a second campus in Ashland, Virginia. Come on, let's hear it for God for that. Because I'll just be honest, that's way bigger than me. It's way bigger than Hannah and I. It's way bigger than uh, us. We are only uh, eight and a half, nine months old. And so, uh, but God has really called us to do that, to move forward in that step. Uh, in fact, I'm going to ask the team to throw this up. We're starting this campus in October. Guys, that is five months away. And um, we just, God has opened a door. And uh, we felt like it was really our response of obedience uh, as we prayed as a team with our, our overseers, uh, with the organizations we planted with to say, yes, let's keep moving. Let's keep going. Let's reach the ones and be all in for the ones in Ashland and that community. And so thank you so much. So many of you have already responded. We've had people who said, hey, I'm all in on Ashland. Uh, and so we are so grateful for that. We are building a team uh, to help us that that would be their new community. And so we're going to be building a team from within, the, from within Ashland and the surrounding area. But also we want to invite some of you to pray about that and be a part of how we say it is seeding the team there with NUCO culture and just the dynamics and just our values so that we can just bring new community to that space. And um, so we have an important meeting coming up on the 30th of, of June. It's on your summer handout. Uh, and so we'll get you more information as that comes. But we want to let you know that that's coming. Uh, we also just want to share one other way that you could help and be, be a part of this whole step with Ashland, and that's this. And if you have your connection card, your paper one, go ahead and take it out. Um, or if you have it on your phone and pulled up, don't submit it yet, but I'd love for you to take that out. Um, and here's what you could do. Could you write down the name of one person that we could reach out to who right now is disconnected from God or maybe disconnected from the church? Maybe they're, you know, they, just, they just don't have a church home in that community, and this may be a space for them. If you would do that, we will be faithful to follow, connect with you and follow up with them. Uh, in fact, that is some of how we found you uh, in this whole process. Some of you who are sitting in the seats, it's because someone wrote your name down, and we said, hey, we'll reach out to him. And so we would love for you to do the same. Just be praying about that uh, as we get ready for Ashland. If that's good, say bueno. Bueno, I love it. Hey, so we are taking that brave step together. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we did this series, Brave, but it's, it's really bigger than that because we believe that God has a calling on you. And I said it last week, but I think it's so important we need to say it again, that when it comes to your calling and when it comes to the purpose God has on your life, God is in the business. Come on, say business. I don't know why I wanted to do that, but it just felt good. God's in the business of making you braver, not safer. He really is. He's in the business of making you braver. And that's true no matter who you are, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter, no matter really what aspect of your life. In fact, I think it's in, in every aspect of our life, there's places where God stretches us and calls us to step forward in some brave ways. And I believe one place in our life where that shows itself to be sometimes the most challenging, sometimes... Um, Sometimes a place that seems to be like the harvest, hardest to take those brave steps 
is in our finances, and it's in our giving, and it's in that place of of opening our hands when it comes to that. I, I believe that that is just a place that many of us struggle with. I'll be honest, for me, my life, the way I grew up, uh, money was not something you had a lot of, so you held on to what you had. Uh, and God has had to ta- teach me how to be brave. I, I do want to say this just right up front, uh, and that's this, that you cannot fully follow Jesus without giving. And I rarely make absolute statements. I will not make absolutes a lot, but I, I just it's, you, it's impossible to look at the teachings of Jesus and not understand this. That for Jesus, he would say to us, hey, you cannot say, yes, you can be leader of my life, you can be Lord of my life, but you cannot touch this aspect. It just doesn't work. And, and that's so true. You cannot fully follow Jesus without giving, without opening your hands when it comes to your finances. And, and really, when you look at the teachings of Jesus, this is such a crucial topic. He talks about it very often. Uh, it comes up in a lot of his stories. It's connected to a lot of his stories. And, and there's a reason why, because Jesus understood that, that money to so many of us, to me included, it's so much more valuable than just the currency that it represents. Jesus understood when he taught us that for many of us, money holds a value that is so much deeper. And when he taught, he often challenged those who were listening, saying, what does this really mean to you? In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, we won't look at it, but you can look it up. Jesus says that the number one competitor for for our commitment to God is money. That you cannot serve both God and money. You and I, we've got to choose. And and I think Jesus understood this, that money meant so much more. And and I think it's a good question to just ask ourselves and ask ourselves periodically. And I'll just kind of put it out to you like that. What does money mean to you? Or maybe here's a better way to ask that question. When when that bill comes in, that's unexpected. Or when, when you get in that situation where the finances get really tight, what does the loss of that money mean? See, for some people like me up here on stage, when, when that money it gets thin is <laughs> when anxiety gets thick. It's when, when money, I mean, there's a sense of security that, that for me money is tied to. It's not just about currency. It's about, it's really about, man, there's, there's some security here. What, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen with my tomorrow? How, how do I face, what, where's my future? And, and, and there's, for some, money, money is connected to power. It's really, it's, it's a freedom thing. Like, if I don't have the money, then I don't really have power and control. And, and that just puts people in a tailspin. For some people, money is like, it's acceptance. It's so connected to value, to a sense of worth. Uh, to a sense of success or, or just a, just like, and not, don't think shallow here. Think, I mean, really like my life is meaningful. For some people, money can be that rooted. And so the reason why Jesus talks about money so much and the reason why he talks about it the way that he does is because he recognizes that money is a poor substitute to meet any of those needs. Jesus recognizes that money is robbing too many people of the very things that only Jesus can provide, that our hope comes in Jesus, that our future comes in Jesus, that my provision is in Jesus, that my, my security, that my hope, that, yeah, come on, that my acceptance and my value and identity, it's in Jesus. And so Jesus talks about money a lot. And I'm just going to be honest, we will too. 
Because we hate seeing money rob too many people of what only Jesus can fulfill. And that's what today is really about, is looking at this whole idea. See, Jesus wants you to live a brave life, but a brave life requires brave giving. I'm just, again, I rarely make absolutes, but I am convinced that for each one of us, God wants to put in us a willingness and a, and a trust so deep in him that we'd be willing to give even when things are tight, that we'd be willing to give even when we don't see what tomorrow holds. That, and that's a kind of a brave step to take when it comes to our finances. And, and I believe that Jesus invites us to really consider what does it look like to be brave in that area of giving. And if you're going to follow Jesus, and if you're going to follow the plan and the purpose of his life uh, uh, that he has for your life, I promise you that he will call you to moments of brave giving. And so what I want to do today is I want to show you why that's true and why giving is so integral in the life of a Jesus follower. But Really, I also want to speak to something that I believe is very practical. I hope it's very useful for you, for everyone in this room, that no matter where you are in your relationship with Jesus or no matter where you are in your faith journey, that you can take and know how to take another brave step when it comes to giving in your finances. But before I talk about those things, I do just need to say one quick caveat, and that's this. Money is emotional, isn't it? Like some of y'all are feeling things already just because I brought this up. Um, money's emotional. And I'm sure, I, I don't have to, we, we could probably share some stories between the two of us that um, we've seen emotions get pulled on in some negative ways so that people could have access to money. And unfortunately, that has not escaped the church, Right? But I just want to say, I've purposely made this message less emotional. Y'all, I don't know if you know, I can, I can get a little passionate. Um, but I've purposely tried to stay away from that because I, I wanted to honor you. And I really did not want to put anything in the way of you being open to what God wants to say to you in this day. And so today is going to be practical. And so you might not laugh as much. My, my, my jokes are, 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 are amazing, but they, may, they might just not... I've just left a few out of there. There might be a few from the hip. Watch out. <laughs> my kids, I can't wait for them to watch this back. Be like, oh, gosh. We have a middle schooler coming. This is, y'all, my jokes are going to get tailored down. Um, so uh, anyway, so I, I just wanted to say, though, I, that was my caveat. I'm, I'm trying not to be emotional. I'm trying to just teach you the truth and what Jesus says and lean into that and, and, and then really give you some practical steps. And, and I'm going to make this promise. I'll actually say it later, but I want to say it now. You will never hear us ask you for a dollar amount. You'll never, we're never going to say, hey, here's what, but here, here's what we are going to do. We're going to ask you to just be obedient to what God's saying. And I think that's the best thing for you and the best thing for me. And sometimes that's really brave, but we believe it's the best thing for you and your family. Good? Say bueno. Oh, I love it. So let's go. We're going to show you today. I want to take you to a teaching, and it's really, I mean, it's, it's just a story that, that is found in the life of Jesus where he actually stops and pauses in the moment of the day to, to teach his disciples about why giving is so important. And it's found in one of the four gospels we have in our New Testament called Mark. 
And, and just to just kind of catch you up to the story, if you're not familiar with the Gospels, Mark is one of the four eyewitness accounts. It has the name of Mark, but Mark was a scribe. He, was a, he, he knew how to write, and he followed Jesus' closest follower named Peter, uh, who you may have heard of, the Apostle Peter. And, and so this is Peter's account. It's the shortest gospel, which kind of makes it my favorite. And so um, it is, but it's action-packed. It's right to the point. I mean, Peter just, just jumps right in. But here's the crazy thing. It's 16 chapters, and the last five chapters of Mark all focus on Jesus' last week before the cross. Think about that. You're going to write a, a document, an eyewitness account of the life of the Messiah of God, the Savior of the world, one man who fulfilled 48 prophecies. It's, a, it's incredible what he, who he is and what he accomplished. And, and you're going to take five chapters to talk about his last week. What's written in those chapters must be pretty important and must have stood out so much that you said, no, we can't leave this part out. And this story... This story is found in Jesus' last week before the cross. In Mark chapter 12, it's, it's only three verses, but it's a story that Peter, when he was working with Mark, and he said, no, nah, there's something in my spirit that says we got to make sure this is part of it. I think it's so crucial that we hear this story. So I want to take you there. It's Jesus, and uh, it's right here in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. It says, as Jesus sat next to, near the temple treasury, so Jesus is in Jerusalem, and he sits down in the, in the temple, and there's this uh, big uh, space. It's kind of open to the public, and he's sitting there across from the treasury, and he watched as people dropped in their money, which I think is a little sketchy. I mean, I think, you know, I do not stand next to the boxes, just so you know. I won't do that, but Jesus thought he could, so he may. Um, so anyways, he's standing there watching, and uh, many rich men, they drop in a lot of money, but then watch what happens. It catches Jesus' attention. Then Jesus saw a poor widow come along, and she dropped in two copper coins worth just about a penny, just a few cents, and that stopped Jesus from the commotion that was happening. This was a massive festival. There were there were thousands of people, out, out, outsiders, people from all over that had come to the temple for moments like this. And there were lots. I mean, I can imagine the, there were lines out the door. Um, and and, and here, here comes a poor widow. And, and Jesus makes sure in this moment to move so quickly to gather his disciples so they could see too. So he calls those who were his followers who were in the room. And he calls them and says, hey, 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 I want you to miss something. I don't, I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss what just happened. Um, <laughs> don't let that joke out, Brandon. Do not go there. Okay. He says, I don't want you to miss this. And look where he goes. He pulls in his disciples. He says, I want to tell you, this poor widow, she gave more. She gave more than all the others. For see, the others put in what they had to spare. Man, what a good word. Others put in what they had to spare. In other words, the others had leftover from their riches, and so they dropped it in. Can I tell you that a spare dollar is not nearly as much and worth as much as your last dollar? Because money is worth so much more, right? This poor widow gave more for all the others put in what they had to spare out of their riches, but listen, here's the point. 
But she, poor as she is, she put in all she had. She gave all she had to live in. Here's the literal translation. I, I don't want to mess it up, but this is how Peter remembers Jesus saying it. And I think it's so beautiful how he says it. As much as all she had, she threw in her whole life. What a value statement. And see, I think the widow represents here, she's not given because it was the proper thing to do at the time of the festival. She wasn't giving because um, it was something that she had left over. She wasn't given because of an emotional tug on our heart. She was given it all. Man, she was given something that Jesus saw and he said, I've got to make sure my followers see this. I've got to make sure they understand what giving is all about and why it really matters. And it's so vital that I want to make sure Peter sees it and he remembers it. I'm going to lock it in with him so that he can tell Mark, write this down because this is what it looks like to live brave in the area of your finances when you're following Jesus. And here it is. Here it is. Here's what Jesus wants us not to miss is that giving to God, it's not about my money. It's about giving God my trust. See, God is not after your money. He's after your trust. And God doesn't want your dollars. God wants your heart. And when it comes to your giving, he really is not interested so much about the amount as he is about where your heart is. Because a spare dollar is a lot different than your last dollar. And he wants his disciples to know that. He wants us to catch that heart. This widow, she understood. It's like she understood that money was a poor substitute for what God could provide for her. It's like this poor widow understood that there was a security and a provision and something found in God that was so much greater than anything the world could offer. It was like she knew that having less, almost nothing, but being all in with God is way richer than having so much and still wrestling in your heart when it comes to following him. And Jesus wanted to make sure that you and I didn't miss this story. Jesus, he wants us to live a brave life, but living a brave life requires brave giving. I remember one time I was in a a Bible study with a group of guys, and uh, it, we were actually on Zoom before Zoom was cool. It was a couple years ago, and we were doing this Bible study through the Gospel of Mark, and we'd read a chapter every week. And I remember the day we got to this chapter, chapter 12, and we read through this story, and one of the guys in our group was actually, he, he had grown up in church, but he had never cracked the Bible open himself. Anyone ever been there? I mean, it's, he had never, like, he, he knew the, some of the stories. He kind of, but he had never actually read it. And so this was the first time he read this story. And we're going through the whole chapter, and we kind of land on this whole idea and this story of the widow. And I just remember for him, he had this moment where he, he just, it hit him that this is the kind of trust relationship we're supposed to have with God. And so he kind of, he, he, I remember, I mean, verbatim what he said in that moment. He said, man, it's like this widow. She's in neck deep when it comes to God. And I just feel like I'm standing on the seashore and my toes are barely touching the water. And he honestly, he looked up into the Zoom camera. 
Um, and he, he had this moment that was a little like, here's what he said. He said, I just don't even know how to get there, but I want to be there. And the guys in the group just kind of, we were quiet, just kind of hearing him share his heart. And um, I spoke up and just said, hey, you know, I, I think you just get there taking one step at a time. And as I was looking at this story in this moment, because that really is, God wants to be in that kind of trust relationship with you. The reason why giving is so integral to God, we're going to see it through the rest of this message today, is that he wants you to, to trust him that deeply. He wants you to cling to him that, that sincerely, that even if it's your last dollar, it's not worth having everything with him. And he, my friend, came to this moment and this word of, hey, there's it just takes one step at a time. God reminded me of that story as I was preparing for today, and I felt like God said, Brandon, when you talk about giving, I want you to show you it's just one brave step at a time. I'm not asking everybody to just dive into the deep end, but I do want everybody to take another step, not just so that they can give more, but so that they can experience more of who I am. So that's what I want to do today. I want to talk to you about if this is what it looks like to follow Jesus, how can you do that? How do you really take some brave steps when it comes to our giving? And so I'm going to invite uh, some help here. I'm going to get a little help to help demonstrate this. Um, hopefully, um, we have insurance, so hopefully this works out okay. Um, but as we do this, a quick media timeout. Um, some of you may have noticed a small mustiness in the room. That's because uh, actually our theater was underwater a couple uh, a couple days ago with the rain. Isn't that crazy? And so like up to the there was standing water in the room up to three rows deep, um, which is why it's kind of closed off. But isn't it awesome that we have an incredible team that cleans and mops and vacuums? Put your hands together for our dream team. Come on. This is good. This is good. Awesome. Thanks. Can we put our hands together for Tyler, too? Pick the tallest guy in the room. Hey, so I want to talk to us about how do we get to, how do we take brave steps? And can I be honest? Depending on where you are, each one of these steps is a brave step, isn't it? Depending on where you are on the ladder, each one. But I promise you, especially the one at the top, but let's, let's just get there. For some of us, here's the first step. It's just that first gift. For some of us, that's the bravest step that we need to take. It's just that first, really that first time we open our hands to God and we say, God, I'm willing to give back to you what you've given to me. And, and, and can I be honest? I believe this step, it's not about how much. It's not about the amount. It really is about the heart. It's about saying, God, I'm willing to give and go. And, and actually today, we wanna, we're, we're starting something today that we're hoping can help people who are beginning this journey of giving, take their first step. And it's called the Dollar Club. Um, isn't that cool? I think it's cool. So we're starting something called the Dollar Club. And here's what it is. All you have to do is give a dollar, just one dollar. That's it. And what we're going to do is everyone who gives to the Dollar Club, we're going to collect all those dollars together. And every month, those funds will be set aside to bless someone in our community, whether it's a teacher or a first responder or a family that's in need. We're just going to show, we want this to be a demonstration to you and to our community what God can do with a dollar because he can do some eternal things, right? 
And so I want to invite you. You can actually online. There's a there's now a drop on the drop down menu on our online giving. You can give to the Dollar Club. You can use an envelope and just write Dollar Club on there and, and put your dollars in, and we will collect those, and then we'll celebrate those together. Uh, we'll we'll do our first one in July, and we'll just celebrate those together and have fun doing it. Sound good? Isn't that fun? So that's the first step. I think the next step you have to take is is this one right here. It's it's emotional giving. And, and I do think many times you might hear that and think that's a, a negative thing. Um, but I, I'll be honest. God wants to use your emotions to encourage you to take brave, brave steps in giving. And sometimes he uses Sarah McLaughlin and, uh, you know, that scrawny dog with just one eye, you know, that's still just, you know, and you're like, yeah, I, I'll just give it all for everything for that, for Bucko there, whatever his name is. I guess we should call him Buckeye because he's just got the... <laughs> Hey, um, that was a good one. Uh, so anyways, emotional giving. So like, like I said, for some of you, that's what God wants to use. We, we've talked about before, God wants to use your emotions to move you in right ways. And so this is a step, but can I just say, this is not where God wants you to stay. Because if you're not careful, this step right here can settle into a mentality. And again, I, I don't think anyone lands here on purpose, but it's, it could be easy to kind of land in a space that says, I'll give what I want when I want, how I want, and to whom I want. And if I can just be honest, that's not very trusting. And that attitude doesn't build trust in any relationships. Come on, anybody? And so I think this is a good step to use, but I definitely want to call you to take braver steps forward in what God's calling you to do. And so I think the next one is this one you might have heard of, uh, spoken about in, in churches, and that's tithing. Tithing is uh, this principle. In fact, God asked all uh, Jesus' followers to trust him with a tithe. A tithe is a consistent gift of 10% of what I make, what I earn, given back to God through the local church. And, and it really is this step. It's, it's a percentage. It's no matter what I'm making, no matter at what point, that we're giving back to God. And, and I say that so strategically, specifically. In fact, when you look at the principle of giving your tithe all throughout Scripture, what you see is it's, it's about giving God our first 10%. Our first, in other words, it's not about giving the spare, but it's about giving the first because it, it's, when we give God our first, we're saying, God, you are first right? We're saying that, God, before anything else, I'm putting you first. And honestly, God, you've given me a hundred, is it okay if I, you've given me a hundred percent of, um, oh, all right, sorry. You've given me a hundred percent of all I have. So I'm willing to give you the first 10% because I know you can do more with the rest of the 90 than I can do with a hundred. That's really the heart. And, and what's crazy is this is one of the only places in Scripture, in fact, it's really, I'll say it, the only place where God speaks to us and says, test me in this. Look at Malachi chapter 3. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse of God, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says your Lord, the God Almighty. He says, see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much Blessing, so much security, so much peace, so much provision, so much faithfulness, so much purpose, so much more than you could ever amass on your own. Because I'm the only one who can do that for your heart and soul anyway. He says, test me in this. And I'll just be honest. I, since I was in high school, 
I have always given at least 10%. I, I've lived on this step where at least 10%, and there were some days that wasn't much, <laughs> but I was going to give it to God anyway. And I just, this is not about me, but a faithfulness to God. I've never been in need. And God has always been rich to give back and give back and give back. And, and not, again, not just financially, but just to give back in, in my heart and soul. Can I tell you what giving has really done for me? Giving has become an avenue where I get so much closer to Jesus, where I get so much closer in my trust and my relationship with him. And so I just want to invite you, for some of you, that's a step, a brave step you need to take. I want to take you up to this next level. It's good. Hannah asked if she could do this in a, it's kind of, oh, there you go. That's much better. No, it's all right. It's, a, it's good. Um, uh, so uh, uh, this is the step of offering. And what offering is, is, is regularly giving a sacrifice to meet a specific need. Uh, and to, to meet a specific need, in other words, uh, it's, it's when, you, when God has spoken to you about something, it's like, hey, I, I want to meet that need. It's often th- things we give to, uh, it can happen within the church, but it's often outside the church. Missionaries, Hannah and I, we regularly support missionaries uh, that, that we believe in, organizations we believe in. Sometimes it's about giving, just having funds available to give to those in need around you and in your life. Um, and I, again, I bring me into the story, not because I'm trying to brag. I just want to let you know I'm not asking you to do anything I, I'm not doing myself. Is that okay? And so I, I just, we, we, this is actually the, the step we live on. We live at this, uh, this step because we believe that this is the best thing for us and our family is to get us closer to God and trusting him. The most responsible way we can lead our family is by teaching them how to give and that really everything is given from him anyway. And so we live here and, and I tell you for some, one of the coolest things about this step for our life, and maybe this is a brave step you can do, is that one day God spoke to us and told us that we needed to give uh, in our, like our monthly budget to have a generosity line. So believe it or not, I have a spreadsheet. If you know me at all, you know there's a spreadsheet involved. So I have a spreadsheet for our budget, and there's a generosity line. In other words, funds we have set aside just to be generous, and there's, there's nothing attached to it. And the best part about that is that means that every month we're looking. It changes how we look at the people around us, how our neighbors opportunities in schools, opportunities around where we're just looking to be generous. And it frees us to be able to, in the moment, say yes to what God's saying to go do. And, and I, can I just tell you, that's an incredible space to live in. And it's not much. Please don't, don't hear me. But it's something to be able to say, hey, yes, I can say yes to that need. And I believe some of you, God might be calling you to that brave step. You guys ready? I won't go to the top, just for, Hannah said, once the kids are married and she's dead, I can do whatever I want, and that's, I won't get to the top. I believe the last brave step is this one right here, spirit-led giving. You know, I talked about you know, the emotional giving. If you're not careful, you can settle into, I'll give when I want, to who I want, where I want. But this step right here is saying, God, I'll give when you tell me where you tell me, when you tell me, to whom you tell me, and how you tell me. And often this is a step that requires stretching and sacrifice. Sometimes I, sometimes this is a step that, that says, hey, I want you to give when it doesn't fit in the budget. But this, I believe, is a step God wants to move us to all experience because it's at this step that you experience the miracles of God. 
It's that this step that you see, man, there's some impossible odds, but man, there's a, po- there's a God of the impossible that's standing on this step with me, and I'm not alone. And this isn't about giving just for giving's sake. This is not about loving God more. No, every step up this ladder is about trusting God more. And that's the journey I believe he wants to invite each of you on. And I want to encourage you. Man, I, I just want to encourage you. There's nothing like trusting Jesus with all that you are, even like the widow, and saying, God, even if it's my last dollar, it's worth it to trust you. Is that good? Can we thank the Lord for this ladder? Um, Can we put the hands together for whoever made it? Thanks, Rach. Hey, I want to share one one other quick story with you, that's okay. Um. About four years ago, Hannah and I, we, did a, we were uh, fasting and uh, praying, and we had some areas we wanted to fast about. I actually shared about this on our Instagram post a few weeks ago, I mean, a few days ago. Um, we, we were fasting, and we, we, had, we were asking God about areas in our finances, areas in our, our family, for our future, future plans. And uh, it, again, knowing me, I didn't have a spreadsheet, but on our, in my journal, I had like these little bullet points under each category. And, and so we got to the end of our Monday and our plan was, you know, we'd fast during the day and then we wouldn't watch Netflix or anything at night and we'd just take time to pray and listen. And, um, and so I knew God was so proud of me. I hadn't eaten all day and I wasn't watching Netflix and I knew he, God must love this. So, and then I had my list and I was organized and I had a great plan for him to bless. And that's really, it's funny for me to look back up, but, and I, I, I am joking, but I'm not joking. Like I was like, oh, this is great. God's going to answer. He's going to respond. So, um, uh, and so I come and I, I, and we sit down on our couch and we, we list this prayer and one of the things in our finances is we had some debt left over from, from college. We had some debt. Uh, and so we were asking God, there was an amount we, that was way bigger than us. We were saying, God, we need you to set us free from this. Come on, everybody, declare the goodness of God over that. So we were like, we were like, set us free, you know, and we were praying and we were believing. And then we took a minute to stop and say, okay, God, God, what do you want to say when it comes to this? And uh, <laughs> God spoke to both of us separately and said, open your hands. And I was like, that is not, nope, nope, let me go through the list again. But God, no joke, began to speak to us about different ways he was calling us to be more generous. <laughs> and I was like, it was one of those moments where I was like, God, our, our budget says no. <laughs> like, that's not what this is about. And God was saying, no, I want you to to trust me. See, I went into that moment asking God to bless my plans and you know what I came out with and what we came out with? God was asking us to trust in his. And so we began to give and honestly, it was a fraction of a percent of the amount we owed in debt. But we just began to give regularly above and beyond our tithes in a fresh way. It was a fresh offering commitment. And we began to give and can I tell you, in two years, our, we were completely debt free. It was a miracle from God that we were completely set free. And you know what we changed? I wish I could say, man, we just ate rice and beans and Dave Ramsey did up for a couple of years. No, man, we just, (laughs) we had kids in diapers. That's where the money went. So no, what happened was we just were faithful and decided God's plan was better than our plan. And we followed him and God broke something that, I mean, he provided something Can you just thank the Lord for that? Can you say thank you to him?
so again, I just want to invite you. In fact, here's my, my one challenge for you. Is just ask God what brave step you need to take in your giving. What's that brave step? What's that brave step? That's it. And, and it may be small. The amount may be small, but it's about the step of trust you're really taking. And I just want to, again, invite you. The, the cool thing, and you'll hear us say, when you give, when you give to the church, when you give to God, we will say this all the time. You're not giving to new community. You're giving to God's work through new community. And what God can do with your dollars is way more than anything I can do or we can do or you can do because God can do something eternal in our world and our generation and this community and in you when you decide to open your hands and say, I'm all in with you. So, Again, we're never going to ask you to give an amount. We're never going to, this is between you and God. I just want to invite you, and I am going to ask you to ask God, what does it look like to give and to be brave in your giving? What could God do? I want to finish with one more story. Um, just one more story real quick. It's a story of uh, Fabula, Fabi, Fab, Fabiola. Fabiola. Fabiola lived in uh, the the fourth century uh, AD, she was born into a wealthy Roman family. And she was the sole inheritor of her family's wealth. I mean, they had a ton. They had property in Rome. Um, they had, uh, she had an, an insane amount of wealth. She was of the upper class of the upper class. And she found Jesus. And she gave her whole life to Jesus. And as soon as, in, in, in her early years of faith, her heart just began to break and break when it came to the broken and the lost and the hurting in her community. And so she went to St. Jerome, who was the bishop over all of the, the town of Rome, and she shared this vision she felt like she had, but it was a brave vision. And so she prayed with Jerome, and St. Jerome said, do what the Lord has put on your heart. And so this woman, Fab Fab Fabiola, just look it up, just Google it, okay? She gave her entire inheritance, including the property that was her family's property in downtown Rome to build the first public hospital. And she spent the rest of her days working as a nurse so that the sick and the poor, she actually, alongside of that, she built a home where people who were recovering uh, could, could, could uh, just like stay for long-term care. She was the first person. This is the first public hospital. And do you know why? Because she found Jesus. And Jesus had a brave plan for her life, and it included some brave giving. And because of her, we have the first hospital. Guys, I think that's insane. The very first hospitals, the very first adoption movements in the world happened because people were brave enough to go and to give out of their limited supply, and they were Christians. And it's what happened is they followed Jesus, and they got closer to Jesus. They began doing that education, higher education. What God has done through a people who are willing to give has changed the world. So what could God do? Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church. 
where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.